Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Today in Titletown Packers podcast. Me and my co-host Brian are here to preview the week one matchup between the Packers and the Vikings, set to kick off in a couple days here. Brian, it's been a while, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Just excited to have the football back. It's It's been a long, long off season, and uh, we're finally going to kick it back in gear here with a huge game against the Minnesota Vikings, uh, and I'm just really excited. I am too, man. It has been forever. I was really praying for some preseason football to like kind of get us in the groove of watching football because that's how it's been, you know, our whole lives. But we didn't get that. And now today's Wednesday and we get to watch an actual football game tomorrow. Probably when you guys are listening to this on Thursday, Chiefs versus Texans. It's just crazy how fast this happened. And with COVID and everything going on, we really were distracted from the offseason. And, you know, now football is just three, four days away. And it's just crazy. It's we're trying to get back in the groove of things, and you know we're we're a couple of days away from actually watching Packers football. You know what we wait for all year. So yeah, I mean the the idea that we're not going to have any preseason football is just so weird because usually we get that kind of grace period and and just just watching guys play that are you know some guys don't make the team and then getting to see some of those younger guys with a shot to make it. Um, you know, that's kind of eases us into watching Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and, you know, and guys like Zadarius Smith, the stars that eases us into watching those guys play. Um, so it's going to be a bit of a culture shock getting to see that, uh, getting to watch Aaron Rodgers throw the football again. And, uh, but overall, I'm just super excited. So we're going to kind of kick it off here and and talk about really, uh, the first two games of last year that we played the Vikings and kind of just, uh, dig into those and, and see what happened there and then kind of look at how those teams changed, you know, over the course of this off season. And, uh, and we'll kind of examine what we've got for this coming Sunday. Yeah. And I guess we'll just start with week two. Um, this is freshly off the Packers beat the bears 10 to three and just a super low scoring game in week one. And I was actually at this game the Packers just explode on an offense in the first quarter. Um, we scored 14 in the first and then like within the first two minutes of the second quarter, we jumped out to a 21 zero lead, two touchdowns by Aaron Rodgers, and then one by Aaron Jones. And we were just absolutely killing the Vikings. You know, I'm pretty sure that Preston Smith interception happened in the first quarter. Yeah. We were just all over them. And then just, we went absolutely flat. Like that game was so boring until the, the Kevin King interception in the fourth quarter, we had a lot of trouble stopping to, um, Delvin Cook, I think he broke off like he broke off that 80 yard run, finished the day with like 150. Just it was just a kind of like a we started so hot, thought it was going to be a blowout. But, you know, it, we, we came out on top in the end. And that's pretty much all that matters. But it was that kind of like set the tone for the 2019 Packers, just just kind of starting out hot and somehow like just finding a weird way to win a game. Like it was I was definitely scared. The Vikings were not the Kirk Cousins was going to pull something out of his. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, it's just funny hearing somebody say like fear in in Kirk Cousins. You know, it's just like I I mean I understand what you're saying, like, but the way you phrased it, like Kirk Cousins was going to pull something out, like, and and really pull a dagger against us. It's just like we know he's never going to do that. But no, I kind of had that same mentality. Like, I feel like that game right there set the tone for the entire season in that, you know, it was like, there was like the highest point of it was really high ups. And then at some times it was really low downs. And, and that mm-hmm. was kind of our whole season where uh, we were just very inconsistent. And, 
you know, the fact that we could go and score 21 straight points against the Vikings uh, in the first quarter and then fall completely flat on offense, um, you know, in that, in that second half and even towards the end of the first half as well, that really tells you a lot about maybe, you know, it has a lot to do with the fact that the Vikings probably made some adjustments after not seeing this offense before. And then it also has to do with the fact that we are still, you know, that was our second game in the offense. So a lot of that had to, you know, there was factors that contributed to the reason why we, you know, closed it out in a bad way. Um, but I do think there was a lot of positive signs that, that were shown by Aaron Rodgers and, and Aaron Jones and, and that whole offense. And then the defense did a good job only holding them to 16 points as well. So that was a big game for the Packers. And like I said, it kind of set the tone for what they would do during the season, uh, which was, you know, win games and, and not the prettiest way. No, exactly. And in that game, too, we got to see pretty much what Aaron Jones was going to be about. He he broke off for 116 yards and a touchdown that game. And that definitely set the tone for him because obviously he had his first 1,000-yard season and he, you know, tied for the league league in rushing touchdowns with 16. And also we saw classic Devontae Adams just tearing Xavier Rhodes up. He had his first 100-yard game of the season in week two there. And now, you know, the Vikings don't have Xavier Rhodes anymore. It's probably going to be Mike Hughes or Jeff Glandy, the the rookie that they just drafted in the first round last year, trying to guard Devontae Adams. Devontae it's, Adams basically kicked Xavier Rhodes out of the league, basically. He did. No, I he mean, really it, was, did. it was there was just too they, they couldn't afford putting up, you know, Xavier Rhodes against Devontae Adams anymore. It was like for three years he's just been absolutely destroying him and and he just he got him kicked out of the league, basically. That's what Devontae was doing to Xavier Rhodes. The roads were completely open. And that was a Pro Bowl quarterback, cornerback. Like Xavier Rhodes made the Pro Bowl probably twice during yeah. his little span in, in Minnesota. Now he's he's probably the number number two corner in Indianapolis. Like that's just crazy what Devontae did to him. And he even yeah. Devontae even got Darius Slay kind of kicked out of Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody all the, the whole secondary of the NFC North has changed dramatically except for Green Bay. That Literally. tells you something. Literally. And we're going to talk about that too because uh, we're going to talk about how much of a key that is to all these other games in the NFC North and, and why that benefits the Packers so much. But uh, but like you said, that Kevin King interception kind of sold it for the Packers and 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 uh, gave them the win. And and I remember that interception was like almost like a sigh of relief after so much so much anxiety, uh, you know, praying that you're not going to lose that 21 point lead and. Uh, and when we got that defensive stop, uh, that was a that was a huge moment for us, and and the ability to get to two and zero was a was a big part of our season. Yeah, and then we had to wait fourteen weeks until we played the Vikings again, all the way in week sixteen. It was a it was a matchup for the division, pretty much. The Vikings were were ten and four going to that game. The Packers were eleven and three. It was the Vikings had to win out. Packers had to lose out. Packers all they had to do was go into Minnesota, beat the Vikings on their home turf. They're NFC North champions, and we obviously did that. We beat them 23-10, to 10, and that game was maybe my favorite aside of the Seattle game as my favorite of the season. Just mm-hmm. absolutely. Finally, Aaron Rodgers got his first win in the new stadium in Minnesota. It just yep. felt so good. Zadarius Smith had one of the craziest defensive performances I've seen, like, ever as a you know younger Packer fan three and a half sacks, just absolutely wrecking the backfield too. Just that was insane. Kirk Cousins only threw it for 122 yards. Our secondary was on lockdown. And then, you know, the a nice tip of the cap, Aaron Jones having a 
pretty much a walk-off, not walk-off touchdown, but a game-winning touchdown to just send the Minnesota Vikings home. That game was will always have a place in my heart. That was just to send the Vikings home and not home because they made the you know they made the wild card. But <laughs> for us, to yeah, reclaim the north. It did. It did feel good to yeah, like just like you said, it felt good to reclaim the north, like and and all that hard work that we had put into the season kind of came to fruition and and we were able to seal the deal on the north and that felt so good i mean there was no better feeling than knowing that we were going to finally be back in the playoffs and you know it was week 16 and we were able to just kind of like relax knowing we're in have a shot at a bye which we ended up getting the number two mm. we were a play away from the number one seed and that was really in terms of like just pure happiness as a packers fan in the last five years that was up there for me because uh, we really just uh, we really put it all on the line and, it, and we came through. No, we did that. That defensive performance, we shut them out in the second half. Holy yeah. Kirk Cousins for 122 yards and a do or die game for the division. That's that's just that holds a special place in my heart just because mm-hmm. Zadarius Smith, who was you know, people graded him as like a D plus signing for us in the offseason, he pretty much single handedly. Annihilated that offense for the Vikings. <laughs> that was just so awesome to see. And then Aaron Jones, two touchdowns, a hundred fifty yard game. Just oh, I'll I'll probably never forget that. That was just just after two years of not winning the division, two years of not making the playoffs. That was that was special. And it also had a lot of the things that we're so accustomed to seeing from the Packers Vikings rivalry, like. Just it was it really was a defensive battle and, and there was a couple of big plays here and there for the Packers. Like I, I mean De- Devontae Adams was like you said, he cooked uh, Xavier Rhodes and, and he had I think he had thirteen catches and almost I, I think he had almost hundred twenty yards that game. Uh but Rodgers didn't have a, a fantastic game. I think he, he threw more than half of his yards to Devontae Adams. It was just we knew how like like every play mattered so much and and uh I remember how anxious I was every play just like it meant so much. And, and uh, we were able to just get a lot of conversions to Devante and he was really the only guy that was getting, getting open. And uh, every play was just so crucial and, and, and it mattered a lot and, and they were few and far between, but when they did happen, they were big and, and they meant a lot to the game. So that was definitely one of my favorite games that we've seen in a long time from the Packers. Yeah, and if you want to talk about a blueprint for this week one matchup coming up, I feel like that game is it. Even though there's not going to be any fans there, it's it's still going to be in Minnesota on their home turf. I just think the Packers have to do exactly what they did in week 16. Just feed Aaron Jones, feed Devontae Adams. Like you said, Devontae Adams had 13 catches, over half of Aaron Rodgers' air yards. Like that's he was he mm-hmm. was unstoppable that game, 100 percent And now they don't have Xavier Rhodes. They just have Mike Hughes and a first round rookie. And obviously they have one of the best safety duos in the league but still I don't think Aaron Rodgers is gonna have another zero touchdown game against them like he did in week 16 and I just feel like it's week one I don't Kirk Cousins doesn't have Stephane Diggs anymore they didn't upgrade that line anymore you know Zadarius is gonna get after them (laughs) it's I just feel like this is the formula you have to look at yeah I mean the one thing different from that last game that you're talking about uh was the fact that Dalvin Cook was not playing so that's the only thing we'd really have to make any true adjustment to. Um, uh, and that's going to be difficult because, you know, we know how it went last year against against good running football teams. Um, we had struggled a lot, uh, especially against the 49ers. The Vikings ran a lot on us too. So um, hopefully Christian Kirksey helps with that, you know, and hopefully just 
kind of scheming up better ways to stop the run uh, plays a factor in that as well. But uh, I do think that, like you said, it is a game plan that we want to kind of stick to and follow, especially since, um, you know, we're, we are adding things to the offense, but it's going to be down even better for us com- coming into the second year with Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so I, I think this is definitely the game plan you want to look at. We got to really, like we say every game last year and now this year, we're going to say it every game as well. We're going to have to f- run the offense through Aaron Jones and until they show that they can stop him, uh, which is teams haven't been able to do that on, on very many occasions, uh, then we'll start throwing the football when we need to. But if we can just give the ball to Aaron Jones and, and let him run around and do his thing, and then give Aaron Rodgers a lot of big play opportunities off the play action. Um, I think that's the game plan for sure. Um, and then you look at like just the Vikings defense in general, it definitely is in a worse position than it was last year because, uh, you know, Dev- like you said, Devontae Adams is facing guys that really are not even close to anywhere near his league. Uh, they're, they're guys that are really young. Mike Hughes was out last year. Uh, he was a rookie the year before that. Uh, and Jeff Gladney, they just picked him up, and, and how could they expect him to guard the best route runner in the NFL, right? So, uh, I mean, their safety duo, like you said, is good, but nobody's going to be able to stop Devontae Adams on any short to medium routes. Uh, so that I really think that's going to be the key. It's going to be feed Devontae Adams when Aaron Jones cools down, uh, but otherwise it's going to be Aaron Jones' show all the way. Hey, and if Aaron Jones isn't working out, you know, we got that, that second-round rookie. I, I just am dying to see it. Oh, I can't wait to just see Aaron. Can't wait to see AJ Dillon out on the field. Honestly, man, I, that's why I was praying for a preseason. I kind of wanted to see Jordan Love throw the football, see how good AJ Dillon was in his in his first year. Oh, it's I know. Yeah, there, there was a lot of. Ex- of course, the one year that we have a uh, a quarterback that's a first round pick. Uh, we've got a, all these exciting players that uh, that we drafted. Josiah Deguara, who we interviewed. AJ Dillon, we also interviewed. Uh, great guys, great young men that are really have a great future in the NFL. Like you could just tell by their attitude and, and you know why the Packers picked them because they're born leaders. They're, they're great character guys and, and their, their physical abilities are, are, are at a high level as well. And, and they're going to work in this offense for sure. So it, it would have been nice to see those guys, but for now they're probably going to really definitely get eased into the offense. And, and same thing with the guys on defense that are young. Uh, but we do have a lot of continuity. That's the one thing that really a lot of teams don't have. The Vikings don't have it. You know, a lot of these teams that acquired guys or drafted guys to fill holes like the Vikings did don't have that same continuity because of the shortened offseason, the lack of an offseason. Uh, the Packers really didn't bring anybody in that's going to be playing significant snaps that, you know, wasn't there before. Uh, you're talking about Christian Kirksey, and, and that's about it. So, and he's already been recognized as a leader in the locker room. He has a great control of the playbook, and he had a fantastic training camp. So, uh, there's really no concern about any uh, lack of continuity, and I think that's something that the Packers could use uh, to get ahead of teams like the Vikings, who have so much uncertainty. With a new play caller after Kevin Stefanski left for the Browns, Browns head coaching job. Uh, like you said, a lot of new pieces. They lost Stephon Diggs, and they're trying to fill that role with a rookie. Uh, you know, it's just so many young guys, and, and they're going to have some time to – another guy, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, they just traded for him, and, and now we'll get to the injury report for the game in a minute, but he's going to be their big uh, big key to the pass rushing aspect, and he's only been there for a week. So there's just a lot of uncertainty in that Vikings uh, in that Vikings building, and in the Packers building, it's a lot more certain. 
All right, Brian, let's transition to some injuries that we've that we've seen on Twitter. I know we're a little early. There's been no official injury reports yet for week one, but um, obviously people that are at training camp in the package facility are tweeting about, you know, who's not practicing, who's not practicing for the Vikings. Can you just tell me a couple players that you've seen that aren't practicing and might be questionable or doubtful for week one? Yeah, so the the big ones I'm kind of just going to get to right away, and, and they're they're quite big for both teams. We've got uh, for the Packers, Bill Turner, it looks like he may not be able to go, and, and the Packers are kind of scrambling to figure out who's going to actually suit up at right tackle. Um, so that's that's a big one. But on the other side of the ball, luckily, uh, Daniil Hunter, he didn't practice on Wednesday, which is today, and and they're saying he's really not looking like he's going to be able to go as well. So the right side of that defensive line, you know, where Bill Turner would probably be playing right tackle and Daniil Hunter be rushing against him, um, that would be, it's really up in the air now. And um, it's going to be, for the Packers, we really don't know. I mean, Matt LaFleur went as far to say, you know, it could be Ricky Wagner. Uh, it could be uh, Lane Taylor. It could be, and he even went to say that it could be Elton Jenkins. So, so many options there. I, I don't know. He always talks about how they're trying to get the five best guys on the line. Does that mean that they, you know, move Lane Taylor to right tackle and put, uh, you know, Lucas Patrick in at guard. I doubt it. I mean, I think it's going to be Rick Wagner. And, and I don't know. I mean, he's a veteran. He's been around for years. He knows the system. He played in a similar system with uh, with, with the Baltimore Ravens. And I mean, I'm sure he's got the system down now um, with that zone run scheme. He, he did that a lot in Baltimore. So I do think that he should get the start, but I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, – Lane Taylor shift to the right tackle spot and, and bring Lucas Patrick in. But if Elton Jenkins gets moved, I, I really would disagree with that because, you know, he's not a he's not a seasoned veteran that can move like that. I mean, I'm sure he's played right tackle at times, but I just think it would be a bad idea to kind of pull him out from a spot where he was playing like an all pro and then kind of jeopardize another spot on the line and, and everything would just be in shambles. So that's definitely going to be the, the key uh, the key matchup to look at Bill Turner and, and Daniil Hunter because if both of those guys if both those guys can't go it's going to be um, everything's going to be up in the air. That would be huge for the Packers offensive line if Daniil Hunter did not go, especially with them just requiring Yannick Ngakwe. Those two that's that's a freak tandem right there. That would that would be scary for any offensive line to go against, especially I feel like. Um, David Bakhtiari can at least handle, you know, Nagakwe, but we we don't have Brian Bulaga on that right side anymore. Brian Bulaga was lights out for us last year. He he held up Khalil Mack, he held up Daniel Hunter, anybody that he got put up, put up against pretty much. But now, you know, is it going to be Ricky Wagner at, at right tackle? Is it going to be Lucas Patrick? Is it going to be Lane Taylor? Those are not guys that, you know, you can trust against like an all-pro type defensive end pass rusher. It's just... You know, for week one at least, if Daniel Hunter doesn't go and Billy Turner doesn't go, I feel like those would just offset and, you know, we can just continue. We don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And um, the other injuries that we have to talk about are really, we don't know much about the Vikings yet, but the guys that aren't practicing for the Packers, uh, well, Randy Ramsey's the only one that's not practicing besides Bill Turner. Uh, and the guys that we did get back today are Raven Green and Montrevious Adams. So, Having both of those guys is going to be valuable, but especially Raven Green because I feel like he's going to be counted on a lot to play next to Christian Kirksey because losing Kamal Martin, who looked like he was going to get that starting spot, uh, they're probably going to go back to what they did at the start of last year 
which is Raven Green going next to Blake at that time. But uh, I think he really brings a different dynamic to the game. We've talked about him a lot on this podcast, but uh, he really does bring a different dynamic to our defense, being able to play the pass as a safety. But also, you know, he bulked up a lot in the last two years, so he's he's a good run defender as well and, and got better in that area. So uh, he's going to be definitely a guy that you're going to want to see on the field week one. So it's good to see him back. And Montrevious Adams, you know, this is a huge year for him because, you know, if he doesn't perform, he's surely gone. He's a free agent next year. He's going to have to put together a really solid season for them to even consider bringing him back. So, uh, and he's shown really, he really hasn't shown anything special yet. So we're going to have to uh, see those guys both on the field. And, and uh, I'm sure Montrevious Adams will see some time if he's able to go. And also the Packers put Kamal Martin and KB and Ento on IR, just pretty much meaning they can come back after week three. Um, the one I'm more excited about, obviously, is Kamal Martin. We we drafted him in the fourth round. He's a you know inside linebacker, one of the positions we really needed to come out of the draft strong, stronger than we were because we lost Blake Martinez to the Giants in free agency. And you know I I definitely think Christian Kirksey and Oren Burks could hold it down in the meantime. And Kamal Martin's obviously a rookie, but but still, there's a lot of hype about him coming out of training camp. He had this really strong camp, supposedly. Yeah, and Kamal Martin was a guy that a lot of people were excited about coming out of camp. Uh, he was our fifth-round pick, uh, our fourth pick overall, but a lot of people thought that he was our best rookie coming out of training camp. So, uh, you know, that kind of says something about the talent level he has. Um, and his presence was going to be felt if he did play, but we're going to have to kind of uh, find another way to stuff that middle of the field, and hopefully that is Raven Green. Uh, but I, I am going to ask you, what do you think we have to do in terms of the defensive side of the ball to keep Dalvin Cook in check? It's just hard to say, man. I look at week 16. Like I said, I feel like that is a blueprint. But Dalvin Cook did not play. Um, the Packers defense held Mike Boone and Amir Abdullah both under 30 yards rushing, which was absolutely insane. And they held Kirk Cousins uh, only 122 yards passing. I feel like it's going to be in the middle of the field. Just look at. Just look at how we got torn up by the by the Niners in the NFC Championship game last year. What can you do to fix it? Um, tackling, 100% in the middle was terrible. I feel like the safeties took terrible roster tackles last year. Just you got to clean that stuff up. You now we don't we don't have Blake Martinez. I feel like Christian Kirks. He's a faster option in the middle. Raven Green's healthy, like you were hyping him up earlier. Put him next to Christian Kirksey if you want some speed in the middle there. And Darnell Savage, hopefully he has a, a, a year or two bump up from last year, even though he had a great rookie year. And Adrian Amos, obviously a, a solid vet. Those guys need to control the middle of the field 100% because you can't have what we had in the NFC Championship game last year. Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, those guys were just running absolutely wild against us. Raheem Moister, too. I... You, you got to, it starts in the middle. I feel like our edge rushers are, are good enough to set the edge, but it's the middle of the field. Kenny Clark needs help. You know what I'm saying? Like Dean Lowry, Montrevious Adams, Tyler Lancaster. I feel like it starts with those guys as well at the defensive end position because I feel like that's where the, the Packers just got ate up in the ground game. Uh, what do you think, Brian? Yeah, I think you made a really great point when you were talking about the middle of the field because after last year, uh, in that NFC Championship game, Raheem Mostert ran for almost 300 yards against us. Um, and then what we saw with the inconsistencies of our offense last year, I think when you talked about the middle of the field, that's kind of the one thing that we need to really shore up on both sides of the ball. Like, I think Rodgers needs to kind of target the middle of the field more and, and just hit guys in their stride when 
uh, when they are open in the middle of the field. And that's something he has struggled with at times because uh, a lot of the stuff he likes to do is getting outside the pocket and then throwing outside the numbers. So I think the key to the Packers having more success early and often, uh, you know, on first down, second down, uh, to avoid those long third downs is to kind of play within the offense and hit guys in the middle of the field. And then on defense, it's kind of the same thing. We have to stop guys in the middle of the field with the guys you talked about all chipping in and, and kind of making big plays. And we actually have some breaking news as me and Brown are recording this podcast. Brown, you just read me a tweet, what we were just talking about, Daniel Hunter. Can you just introduce it for us? Yeah, so uh, this is pretty big news ahead of Sunday's game, but um, Daniel Hunter just got placed on IR. So he is out for the Packers game week one. And that be, for that to be confirmed right now, that is absolutely huge. It gives the Packers time to prepare, uh, it, and, and it really does change the game. So, I mean, you talk about that. That's a guy – that's their best defensive player. Let's not get it twisted here. That's their best defensive player. Um, and for him to be out, is it has a similar impact to what Dalvin Cook missing last, uh, last year's game in Week 16 has. So if you're talking about a guy that we don't want to face, there he is right there, and now we don't have to face him. That is huge for Green Bay. It is huge for Aaron Rodgers. It is huge for the Packers' precarious right tackle spot. I cannot stress this enough. It is huge. Yeah, talk about a huge break for the Packers' offensive line. You know, the Vikings not having Daniel Hunter rushing the passer and just, just, just causing havoc on that right side of the field is, is going to be huge for them, and it's going to be a huge break for the Packers because, like we've talked about, we have no idea who's going to be playing right tackle, who is going to be guarding Daniel Hunter. Daniel Hunter is an all-pro type talent. He has been named all-pro before. He's He would be wrecking havoc all game. Now he's got Yannick Nagakwe on the other side. That would have been absolutely a, a huge challenge for the Packers offensive line. But now, you know, I you never want to root for injuries, but it's just a huge break for the Packers. And whoever is going to be, Ricky Wagner, Lucas Patrick, Lane Taylor, it, they're going to have a much easier matchup now. And hopefully that right side of the field is, you know, going to be able to create some create some holes for Aaron Jones and at least give Aaron Rodgers more time than he would have if Daniel Hunter was playing. Yeah, I mean, you just said it. I think Rodgers is going to have a lot more time to throw and, and go through his progressions and and make the right plays. And, and that kind of, kind of ties together with the fact that that Vikings pass rush is not going to be the same and that, and that secondary isn't going to be the same without having some good corners on both sides. So, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard, MVS running deep. I think there's going to be a lot of chances for the Packers to move the ball passing as well as running. So I, I do expect the offense to have success for sure. But the key is going to be being able to stop the Vikings in the middle of the field, running the football, and kind of keep uh, just their passing game which may take a little bit of a, a step back this year. And we just got to kind of keep them in check like we did in that week 16 game. Uh, but one thing I wanted to ask you about um, was the fact that now we're not going to have fans in the building for a first time we've ever witnessed football. It's going to be a whole different thing for everybody. So what do you think that kind of has an impact on in terms of both teams? It's definitely going to have some type of factor. Like I just, you know, we're, we're watching the NBA play in a bubble right now. And obviously, I feel like that had a huge effect on the Bucks and Heat series. I know you're a Heat fan, and you guys just beat my Bucks, but I just feel <laughs> like home field advantage is a giant, a giant factor in all sports. And you know, taking that away, it's going to be really weird. You don't have that advantage of you know 
your fans yelling as loud as they possibly can when the opposing team is on offense or, you know, being quiet when your 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 own offense is on the field. It's just going to be weird. And now, you know, as a pack, as all Packer fans know, that Aaron Rodgers hard count is going to be on full display in a silent stadium. I feel like that is going to be a huge thing. I'm I'm super excited to look for. I hope Aaron Rodgers can, you know, use that to his advantage because, you know, he, he does that when, you know, he does that when there's 70,000 fans in the, in the crowd already, and there's going to be zero. It's, that's something I'm definitely looking forward to. And I feel like he's going to be playing that to his full advantage. And I hope he at least, you know, gets a couple free plays in week one, because we, you never know when we're, we're going to finally allow fans in the, in the stadium. So might as well, you know, use this advantage. We're, we're playing Minnesota week one and there's going to be no fans. You might as well treat it like, a, you know, a neutral field and, you know, get this W and, use that as your advantage yeah I mean the clear beneficiary for the Packers would be Aaron Rodgers being able to even more than we usually do kind of run those hard counts and and make teams jump there's going to be and and the one thing that they are doing is going to be having uh some like artificial audio and and fans and things like that like noise um that they will have but I don't think it's going to be anywhere near I'm pretty sure the cap is 75 decibels, which isn't isn't really close to what a stadium would bring uh, in terms of fans and things like that. And I don't know what the sound is going to be, but Rodgers did say that he doesn't expect to have to use any silent counts, which is huge because if they and if they can even go hard count, uh, kind of trying to get guys and uh, the one and that's going to be huge. Uh, but the one other thing also is is the fact that their calls are going to kind of be be able to be heard for everybody to hear, like. Uh, so, you know, that's gotta be a thing. Every team is going to be concerned about letting other teams and just any play calls, uh, be heard, not even over the television alone, but just on the field amongst the coaches and things like that. So they're going to have to mix up a lot of that. Uh, a lot of the words they use, a lot of the verbiage that goes into the play calling, there's going to be a lot of things that they have to mix up. So uh, there's going to be a lot of challenges presented by this lack of fans and, and then there could be some benefits as well. So we're going to have to see which of those come to come to light on Sunday. All right. One last thing before we end this thing, Brian, I just want to, I just want to know what's your prediction for Sunday. And can you give me like one player that you think is going to ball out and maybe just give him, give me the stat line you think he's going to do. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to go with a Packers win here, of course. Uh, you know, I, I just think they're a better football team than the Vikings. I think the Vikings got worse. I don't think the Vikings are even the the biggest threat to the Packers uh, in the NFC North anymore. I think that's the Detroit Lions, believe it or not. So uh, I think um, I do think it's going to be a, a big win for the Packers. I'm going to go I'm going to go 24 to 10, and I just say I'm going to go with a, a low scoring game, kind of for both teams. More so the Vikings, obviously, but I do think there's going to be a couple hiccups here and there. But I I think the Packers get out to a bit of a hot start. Uh, compared to other teams, and and uh, I, I do think they kind of come away with a, a double-digit uh, victory. And for a player that I, I think is going to play really well, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to have a huge game. Him and Devontae Adams both, but I'll go with Aaron. Uh, I could see him throwing for three touchdowns, no picks, and maybe throwing for 300 yards as well. And that would be a welcome sight after you know he kind of takes a step back the last two years to statistically. Uh, in terms of the touchdowns, uh, I'd like to see him get into the 30s again for this season. Uh, I do think he's going to be an MVP candidate as well, and I think this would be a good way to kind of start off that campaign. 
Yeah, man, if we want to see, you know, another Rodgers MVP run, it's got to start week one. We've been we've been waiting for it for the past couple of years. It just, you know, kind of kind of just doesn't go his way. He's been having crazy years, you know, touchdown interception ratio wise, but it hasn't been, you know, able to keep up with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes years in the past couple couple of seasons. So, yeah, I agree with you. You you kind of had a score that was similar to week 16's 16's game last year. And I'm I'm kind of with you there. I think it is going to be a little closer. Week ones are always weird. Like I thought, I thought the Packers Bears week one game was going to go totally different. I thought it was going to be a little more high scoring, but that one ended up being just ten to three. So I'm going to go twenty one seventeen Packers. And I just I do agree with you with Aaron Rodgers, but I'm going to have to go with his wide receiver one here as the player of the game. I feel like Devontae is going to catch at least ten balls for probably a buck 25 and at least one touchdown um he he didn't really catch a touchdown until like week nine last year and I feel like that was super uncharacteristic of him and now you know he doesn't have we don't really have a lot of touchdown you know catching weapons in our offense as you could say I feel like Jimmy Graham was supposed to be that last year and the year before but it never really came to fruition so yeah I feel like Devontae has to if he wants to have another like pro bowl all pro years you know might as well start off against this rough um cornerback situation that Minnesota is going on and you know you know find another Xavier Rhodes to you know <laughs> make his own because you know yeah if you got Xavier Rhodes kicked off that team <laughs> might as well maybe Mike Hughes is next yeah maybe Devontae Adams has cost a lot of people their jobs in the NFL in the past few years but uh, I guess that'll do it for this episode uh, we're glad to be back we're glad football is back and, and we can't wait to give you guys more uh, more episodes as we go here, uh, and uh, this is going to be an exciting game, hopefully. And uh, uh, Mason, you have anything else to say? Nah, just ready for some football on Sunday. Yeah, amen to that. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Today in Titletown Packers podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week, and go Pack Go!